Our reading this afternoon is from Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky, as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labour in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Tom, and it's good to be with you again this afternoon. For those who don't know me, I'm sure it's not many of you, Stephen Linton, one of the licensed lay ministers here, it's good to welcome you, and those who will be listening later in the week on the recording which goes round. It's good to have you with us in our service. Why, you may be wondering, are we reading from Philippians? Surely we did did all that last year. Well, this Sunday, we're having a week off from our sermon series about Jesus. And that's because, as most of you will know, today we cancelled our morning services and encouraged people to go and help at the Farnborough Half Marathon. So some of us were helping, looking after the kit bags of competitors, some gave out water to the runners, some were helping with the children's 1k run, some gave out medals to everyone at the end. Everyone was a winner and received the same medal for finishing the course. I think there might be a sermon there as well. <laughs> and those who didn't sign up to help in person were encouraged to pray, either individually or in the Zoom prayer room. So what do you think about that? Was that right to cancel services and support the marathon runners? Surely, you might think, worshipping God here in church should have been our priority. Some might even think that running on Sunday is contrary to God's laws, and so we may have encouraged people to disobey God. Should we not have followed the example of Eric Liddell of Chariots of Fire fame in the 1924 Paris Olympics and declined to help given that the event was on a Sunday? In the film, Liddell is portrayed as relying on God's promise in 1 Samuel. Those who honour me, I will honour, it says there. And instead of running in the 100 metre heats, he later took gold in the 400 metres and broke the world record. Though perhaps that illustrates the danger of taking a single verse from the Bible out of context. So this afternoon, I want us to engage with this dilemma. What are we here for as a church and as individuals? To generalise, are we here to worship God or to serve our neighbours? And I suggest the answer is both. 
and that there should be no conflict be between those aims. So let's see what God may be saying to us this morning from our verses from Paul's letter to the Philippians. Because I hope that we do believe that God will speak through the Bible, written two to four millennia ago, into the circumstances today in 2022. And so we need to listen and seek to discern what God is saying to us today. So let's begin by asking for his help. Let's pray. Father, will you speak to us all through your word, we pray. And help us to listen and indeed to honour you as we live in your world. Amen. Philippians 2, 15 to 16. Paul tells his readers that they should aspire to become children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then, writes Paul, you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. How do we do that? How are we to shine like stars in Farnborough, among our friends, among our neighbours, those we work with or with whom we come into, into contact. Paul wants his readers to shine like stars among what he calls a warped and crooked generation. In other words, out there, outside church, in the world around us. Now maybe some are called by God to live a life of solitude as hermits or monks or nuns, but that's not for most of us. No, we are to shine like stars where God has placed each one of us, in his world, not just in church on Sundays. And earlier in our passage, verses 12 to 13, Paul encouraged his readers to work out your own salvation, for it is God who works in you to fulfill his good purpose. What does Paul mean? Is he advocating salvation by works rather than by faith? Not at all. He's telling those who already believe and have found faith in God to allow that to change how they live, to work with God to bring about his good purpose, to promote and establish God's kingdom here on earth. And notice that it's not just us doing the working, but God working in us in order to fulfill his purposes. What might that mean in practice? You may remember a few years ago, we used a book by Mark Green as a basis for our sermon series. It was called Fruitfulness on the Frontline, and the subtitle was Making a Difference Where You Are. I have referred to it a couple of times in sermons since then, and I need to do again, do it again today, because Mark Green uses six different themes to illustrate how we are to make a difference in the world where God has placed us. Six ways in which we can shine like stars among those whom we meet. Six ways in which we can work out our salvation in cooperation with God, who will be working in us to bring about his purposes. Six ways, all beginning with the letter M. And here they are. Modelling godly character, making good work, ministering grace and love, moulding culture, 
being a mouthpiece for truth and justice, and being a messenger of the gospel. So there we have six ways how we may shine like stars in God's world. Only one of them seems to be about being a messenger of the gospel, telling others about Jesus and what he means to us. But I suggest that what I've just said is wrong. Not one, but all six are about telling others of God's love for them. And so being a messenger of the gospel, the good news of God's love. We can do that in so many ways. Showing others what God is like, modelling his character. Setting an example by being the best we can at our work or whatever other activity we're doing. Showing God's love in so many practical ways. Ministering love and grace. Seeking to mould our culture to follow God's ways by showing integrity, humility and concern in everything we do. Being willing to speak out on behalf of those in need without voices of their own. Those who are being exploited or ignored in our society. Being a mouthpiece for truth and justice. And, yes, also being a messenger of the gospel in what we say. Five ways of doing that practically and one way of doing it through what we say. Now, you may well be thinking that looking after kit bags or giving out water to runners doesn't fulfil any of those criteria. But I would disagree. Certainly those of us who were there were not seeking to evangelise. But I suggest we were still ministering grace and love in God's name. Being a Christian nowadays is so often a journey. Becoming a Christian is so often a journey with many small steps along the way. And if just one person happened to ask one of us this morning as to why we were doing what we did, and we said that we wanted to show them something of God's love for everyone, then surely that purpose was achieved. And I suggest, even if no one asked that question, then we still did the right thing. We showed God's love, his unconditional love. Just like Jesus did. His care for others was without conditions. Indeed, many of those whom he healed no longer followed him. Some didn't even stop to say thank you. Yet Jesus showed something of what God's kingdom is about, showing love for all, those of all faiths and none. And the Old Testament prophets agree with that. Prophets like Amos and Micah condemned those who practiced their religion formally, but without regard to those around them in need. Not that what they did in the temple was wrong. Indeed, they did everything properly and in very good order. Yet, God condemned their worship through his prophets because how they lived showed that their worship for God of God was hypocritical and ultimately spurious. If what we do here in church makes no difference to how we live or how we relate to those around us, then I wonder if our worship here is pleasing to God. We're to shine like stars, not just here in church, but during the remaining 166 hours of each week. 
Now, I think as a church, we're making a start. This is the third time we've helped out at the half marathon. For many years, we've supported the food bank at the Church of the Good Shepherd, and they also have a children's clothing exchange and a job club. And then there have been other initiatives, such as Fit Lives, Men with a Skip, and we're just beginning to reach out to those in debt or other similar needs through the Christians Against Poverty initiative. And of course, many of us, many of you, are active in our own lives where God has placed us, modelling good character, making good work, ministering grace and love, moulding our culture, being a mouthpiece for truth and justice and a messenger of the gospel. What next? Maybe Richard's idea of the haven. Ask him about that afterwards. What is God calling us to do for him to bring about his purpose? Not what we want to do, but what he wants to do. Because as we do those things, we're contributing to the third leg of our vision, that three-legged stool of loving God, loving each other, and loving God's world around us. And in that way, we're shining as stars and we're working out our salvation alongside God who is working with us and in us to bring about his good purposes, slowly bringing his kingdom to fruition. As we often pray, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And whatever such acts of service might or might not achieve, it's not up to us, it's in God's hands, not ours. And indeed, serving God in simple ways like that is good for us as Christians, to remind us that our faith is so much more than what we do here on a Sunday in church. It's about living that faith out in our daily lives. Those that honour me, I will honour it says in 1 Samuel. Eric Liddell, in his day, did that by refusing to run on Sunday. We, I believe, also honoured God this morning at the half marathon. We were there to show unconditional love, love that God has shown to each one of us and to everyone in his world. And in ways like that, we can be all part of God's great plan as we go out of church this afternoon into the rest of the week, into God's world to shine like stars, to do our bit for God's kingdom where he has placed us. We may not not be able to change the world, but we can make a difference just where we are. Do you remember that old children's chorus? It's very simple, but profoundly true. Jesus bids us shine with a clear, pure light, like a little candle burning in the night in the world of darkness. We must shine, you in your small corner and I in mine. Just where God has placed us, you in your small corner and I in mine. But he hasn't left us there alone. Because as we seek to serve him, God is working in us and with us in his world to bring about his good purpose. Let's pray.
Father, we pray that what we do here in church may be reflected in our lives out in your world, bringing your love in word and deed to everyone we meet. May your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives, we pray, this week. Amen. May the words we've heard and the thoughts we've had bear fruit for God's kingdom. If you'd like to stand, we're going to say the creed together. So all together. We believe in Christ, the image of God the invisible, firstborn of all creation in whom were created all things in heaven and earth, seen and unseen, states, powers, rulers and authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Christ is before all things. In him all things hold together. Christ is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead. Christ over all things is supreme in God's pleasure for all his fullness to live in him and by him to reconcile all things to himself, making peace through the blood of the cross. Amen. Please be seated as John leads us in our intercessions. In this service last Sunday, Chris Mayton was leading and quoted a verse, but couldn't give a reference. The verse was, our times are in his hands. I knew it was a psalm, but I couldn't remember which one, so back at home I found it. Psalm 31, verse 15, our times are in your hands. We also attended the 5.30 service, and this began with Yo quoting the well-known chorus, he's got the whole world in his hands, which we then sang. This got me thinking and has led me to today's theme for our prayers. Mainly, everything is in God's hands. So let's pray. Father God, we bring to you our needy world, encouraged to know that it is indeed in your hands. We know that you are never caught out by unexpected events and also that nothing occurs without your knowledge. Father, increase our faith to believe that you are in control, even through times of sadness, grief, natural disasters and man-made catastrophes. Lord God, we thank you that we can trust you to help and protect the people of Tonga to restrain the nation of Russia not to attack Ukraine and to help those Christians around the world who are persecuted for their faith, especially in Muslim countries. Father, we leave this in your powerful hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
This week's mission link is for the Bible Society. Eternal God, we thank you for their vital work of making the Bible available to everyone throughout the world. We pray especially for those countries who still do not have a Bible or Testament in their own language or dialect. Father, we pray that you would raise up translators to carry out and complete this very important work. We know that the demand for Bibles often exceeds the numbers available for distribution and that this is often due to a lack of funds. We therefore pray that you would touch the hearts of your people to support financially the work of spreading your word around the world. Father, we leave this in your powerful hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Loving God, we pray for our needy country. It is our prayer that our nation would turn back to you. Increase our faith in you to uphold our royal family, our government, our politicians, our vital NHS workers, our vaccinators, and the important army of volunteers. Father, may we trust you to restrain those who exploit others and those who selfishly lead our young people away through drugs and gang culture. Lord God, we place our country in your powerful hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father God, we thank you that this church is in your hands. We pray for Libby and all the clergy team. We thank you for our freedom of worship and for the four services that cater for all ages. We give thanks for the help and service that we were able to offer today at the Farnborough Half Marathon. May this have been an encouragement to those who were helped and a witness to your love for others. We pray for the help and planning for the upcoming Alpha course. Father God, keep us close to you as we leave our church in your powerful hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Compassionate God, we pray for those who are sad and for those who grieve, for the bereaved family and friends of Roma Lees and Lindy Mogford, for those who are lonely, for those who have underlying health issues and for those waiting for surgery, for the homeless, for those heavily in debt, for addicts and the jobless. Let's pause for a moment as you bring someone to God, either yourself or others in need. Compassionate God, we leave all those, whatever their needs, in your powerful hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.